Hello, this is a little trial run here just to see how this works. So, up next, we've got Saturday night's main event for season debut on NBC. It's the 18th of March, 2006. This is the first time in oh, about 14 years that WWE had been on NBC or any kind of major broadcaster like that. Uh, I actually stayed up <laughs> at my mate's house to watch this. My mate was going to stay up as well, but he chickened out at the last minute. Uh, yeah, I was really excited for this, actually. It was one of those moments where wrestling started to kind of feel a bit more mainstream again, even though if you looked at the state, the product didn't feel mainstream at all. Um, did my mate miss out on anything by going to sleep instead of choosing to stay up and watch? Well, let's find out. We kick off with an ace old-school expedition reel of promos. It's kind of like the uh, current era of promos, like where the authority come out, uh, Roman Reigns come out and they just tell you what happens or who who's involved with what uh, but on fast forward basically so it takes like two minutes instead of 20 so Vince McMahon and his son Shane Shawn Michaels disrespected him one time and decided to make his life a living hell Shane promises there'll be no rules no restrictions and no mercy Shawn Michaels in rebuttal says if I'm going to hell your son Shane is coming with me the only difference is that I'm coming back. Triple H lists off all his nicknames and promises to win the title at WrestleMania 22 before Cena interrupts him, pointing out he's tagging with the champ tonight and luckily, the champ is here! JBL, <laughs> ace little promo, uh, pastiching My Name Is Earl, which was a popular sitcom at the time, in his fake moustache going cross-eyed. Reading off his list of bad things he's done, which includes challenging Stone Cold Steve Austin to a beer drinking contest tonight. He is no mere mortal. He's a wrestling god, Mago. Uh, close things out with the boogeyman. Oh god, those words coming out of his mouth. Go away. Uh, he's coming to get you, apparently. opening theme what the fuck is this it's just like all these blatant awful sexist things like do you have a stick roll with me roll with me take it like a man what century is this from Jim Ross is back on commentary today uh, with Jerry King Lawler as the representative from Raw and Taz as a representative from SmackDown. Uh, Jim Ross had recently overcome uh, some kind of illness. I can't quite remember what, but it led to the infamous uh, Nurse Heine segment where Vince McMahon was drawing all sorts of things out from his rectum or something. It's one of those things that sounds desperately funny in Vince's head, but it rubbish to everyone else. Our opening contest of the night is the battle of the WrestleMania main events. It's a WWE champion, The 
Francino and his challenger, Triple H, versus the World Heavyweight Champion, Kurt Angle, and his two challengers, Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. Uh, interesting quote from JR at the start. A very unique place for John Cena to find himself. I'm not talking about the center of the ring. I'm talking about teaming with that man, the number one contender for the WWE title, Triple H. Uh, well, if you'd have listened to wrestling fans at the time, and probably still, uh, they'd have found <laughs> the middle of the ring to be quite a unique place for John Cena to be in anyway. Uh, this was... Like well, it felt like primetime Cena hate at the time. <laughs> if you'd have told anyone in 2006 we'd have another decade of this and the whole let's go Cena stuff, oh, they'd have hit you one. They probably have stopped watching wrestling as well, which has been a very bad thing. This is why people don't have time machines. I could hang look pretty thin here. I'm not surprised that he was gone in a few months. Like, well, claiming he burned out and then oh, surprise me too late. Taz on uh, the situation of the teams. There's not exactly chemistry between John Cena and Triple H. Uh, Jerry Lawler quips. Well, there's chemistry. It just all happens to be bad. Ha-ha! Uh, kick things off. Cena blindsides Orton from behind at the start. Is this a bit heelish? Uh, Orton, the true heel, the front of the eye. <laughs> For gains the advantage, love that. Angle made the blind tag just before Cena hit a woeful, woeful looking hip lock on Orton. And gets hit with a German suplex. Charmon! Wallop Cena with stiff uppercuts. Love it. Loved Angle at this time. Uh, like, yeah, like I say, it was really disappointing to see him leave uh, in just a few months. Uh, belly to belly to Cena. Then knocks Triple H off the apron. But uh, Cena slips out of the Angle Slam and hits a spine buster for two. Triple H tags in, uh, but Kurt ducks a clothesline. Too many years. Triple H tags in, uh, but... Again. <laughs> Triple H tags in only for his clothesline to be ducked and he gets hit with a hat trick of Charmons! Ray tags in and he measures Hunter on the apron. Shush. Uh, King's all, what's he afraid to get in for? Seated senton, aka the flying dick to the face to Triple H. And then a nice bunch of uh, roll-ups and sunset flips and stuff get near falls before Triple H thumbs the eye again. I love these heels thumbing the eye. King with a quote here on Ray. You can see this guy's feet in his driver's license photo. Of course, short jokes pissed Taz off. It's like, put the job book away. Uh, Seen the shoulder box Ray only to get leapfrogged and drop kicked. And then Triple H gets hit with a head scissors and drop kicks all around. Four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. Seen the sucks start to ring out all through Cobo Arena. Uh, Cobo Arena, is it the same place as Cobo Hall? AKA the site of the greatest disaster in wrestling history, uh, the infamous sumo monster truck match Halloween Havoc 95. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look into that. Ray goes to 619 on Cena, but Triple H pulls him out of the way. Oh, teamwork there. And clotheslines Ray socks off. And then we cut to a commercial break. Wow, Kurt Angle. Keep the change. Thanks. Whoa, what's gotten into this pizza? Hey! Come on! They square off. Tomato drop kicks. Pepper scoops him into an airplane spin. Big slap. Fresh pepper! Pizza outlet. The taste that screams fresh. Oh man, that was beautiful. <laughs> back from commercial, and we see Ray trying to fight his way back into the ring, only to get kneed in the face. Uh, JR informs us that during commercial, Cena refused to cheat for Triple H. Interesting. 
See, this is the thing about this match. There's uh, heels and faces both on the same team. Kind of, I guess, inspired a little bit by the SmackDown versus Raw Survivor Series match, the prior November. Uh, it's an interesting idea. They should do it a bit more, but, well, I don't really know what kind of opportunity they get to do that with the brand extension gone. Maybe if they had the NXT versus WWE feud or something, they could do something like that. H sends Ray to the barricade and then talks shit to Cena. He's like, I told you to do it, you do it. Uh, so Cena gets all prissy and refuses to tag in. So Triple H just sits a spine buster on Ray anyway. Angle had to break up the fall. And oh god. The fans try to whirl Ray back into the match by chanting Eddie. <sighs> this just doesn't sit well with me now in this day and age. I don't know why it didn't sit well with me. Well, it didn't not sit well with me at the time. It just. <sighs> Oh, we loved your dead friend, Ray. Do it for him. Do it for him. We, we care more about him than you. Things like that. Ray fights off a back superplex attempt and moonsaults Triple H. Then drop kips him away and tags Randy Orton. But Cena tags in on the other side as well. Five moves of doom time. He tries the FU on Orton, but gets shoved into Kurt Angle. That's another little, neat little wrinkle for the match there. Orton doesn't like Angle, so it's like, sod you. Protobomb! Uh, but he does the little You can't hear me! You can't hear me! Little talk thing to Triple H's face instead of Orton's. Five Knuckle Shuffle! F you! But Triple H pulls him off the cover and hits the pedigree on Cena! He then starts to walk out, but he comes back. Oh, he's just to pull Orton on top of Cena. And Ray pulls Orton off the cover! He gets pedigree for his trouble. Angle sends Triple H over the top rope and he starts talking smack to RKO out of nowhere! Orton starts Cena and goes to the RKO on him but it gets counted into a schoolboy for the free! And the winners of the match are Cena and Triple H. Triple H is not pleased as Cena points to the WrestleMania side. Drink! Uh, I thought this was a pretty passable match. It was at his best when Angle was in there which was nowhere near often enough. And um, Triple H and Rey Mysterio had a nice little stretched together there as well. Uh, this whole, you're not winning the wheel, won't you the win dynamic? It got a little bit silly at the end, I thought. Especially when Ray pulled Orton off. It's like, oh, we're not going to win this way. We're the honourable Smackdown people. Um, yeah, better things would come next year when there was a WrestleMania main event tag team match. Uh, ch- check that out. It's no way out 2007. Much better match. Uh, so, the commentary team reiterate the main events for WrestleMania and run down the Hall of Fame headliners and who the inductors are. Not surprisingly, Bret Hart got the biggest pop there. Backstage, Booker T is in agony in the trainer's room. He heard something pop and snap while he was running the stairs and he doesn't think he can face the boogeyman tonight. Oh, what a shame. Shamal tells Teddy to cancel the match, but Teddy wants a doctor's opinion. The doctor says he needs an MRI to be sure, but it looks like Booker T is in too much pain regardless. <laughs> These WWE doctors, man, just sell pain, just fake pain. It's like, I'm a comedy, my hurts. It's like that time, remember Fully Loaded 2000, uh, Christian claimed he was like throwing up and puking and stuff. Commissioner Foley sends a doctor around to see to him. And it's the least invasive examination ever. It just shines a torch in his eyes like, oh yeah, I don't think you could compete tonight, you know. <sighs> Slackers. No wonder they got like lawsuits from Punk and all that. 
Uh, anyway, so Teddy calls the match off and Booker apologises to him. He's like, oh, I know, it's certainly a nice main event, Teddy. I know there's me so much to your dog. <laughs> but it's probably ain't going to put me in my fame five. Who knows? Shamal helps him limp out and they struggle to hide their joy at their match being cancelled. The next segment is The Cutting Edge, hosted by, naturally, Edge and his valet Lita. And his guest for the evening is Mick Foley. Cut to clips of Edge hitting Mick with a concerto two weeks ago. The ring is strewn with hardcore plunder as Lita welcomes us. What is she not wearing, by the way? Just Lita at this time, wearing the skimpiest outfit. You can tell when Lita's not going to do a run-in by the kind of outfit she's wearing. She calls Edge the most watched champion of the past five years and perfect at WrestleMania. Uh, doesn't get a good response, so King goes, He's getting a standing boo here! Ha ha! Edge plans on staying perfect at WrestleMania by beating Mick, and he brought all the plunder out to try and inspire him so that beating him actually meant something. Mick Foley's not the hardcore legend anymore. He's a cuddly teddy bear. A Muppet! Uh, he calls out his cheap pop tactics and plugging all his outside ventures. It's not exactly cutting edge. <laughs> I see what you did there. He tries to coax Mick out, but he takes calling Mick the most overrated superstar in history for it to work. Uh, Mick's brought a little bag with him. Oh, I wonder what could be inside there. Edge douses a table in light fluid and sets it on fire. Flaming, flaming, <laughs> flaming, flaming tables. <laughs> Is that on the NBC? Unreal. Uh, the table's in between the two men as they stare off of each other. There's a great, great visual of Mick grinning through the fire. It's ace, but it didn't last long because some guy puts the fire out. Nice little bit of foreshadowing as well. Anyone who's seen their WrestleMania match will know what I mean. Bang, bang! Foley brawls, running in the corner. And he empties the bag and, oh, who'd have thunk it? There's thumbtacks in there. He tries to knock Edge into the tax, but when he hits the ropes from a head of steam, Lita whacks him in the back with a chair, and Edge bulldogs him face first into the tax. It's really violent stuff for a really mainstream sort of channel. It's like, you remember when Channel 4 uh, bought several WWF pay-per-views back in 2000, and it was still at like 1 o'clock at night or whatever, but they were still pissed off at them for having like the bikini contest and... Mick Foley getting put into the tax and stuff. Like, oh, whoa, what have we got ourselves in for here? Like, did you actually watch the product back then? Seriously. Edge and Lita decide to hightail it and mix it up and smiles with the tax hanging from his face. Another great visual here. Edge and Lita trip up on the ramp. Oh, that's pretty timely. Mick grabs a chair and swats Edge's own chair away and hits a netbreaker on the ramp. And then he follows it up with a concerto. Mick's still pulling tax out of his forehead as he grins, and doctors come and check on Edge. Nice little segment there. Uh, nothing overly special. It's basically just this is uh, filming footage from the promo package for the match kind of segment, really. It doesn't seem all that important right now, but once it gets put into a promo package, oh, it'll look great. Uh, speaking of promo packages, they are one for the rivalry between Mr. McMahon and Shawn Michaels. This is where you notice they're on NBC in, in the big time and stuff. The sense of the word ass. And this is going to be like nine o'clock in the evening. It's like whenever any sort of American comedian or star comes on like the Graham Norton show, I was like, oh my God, you can say ass here? You can say fuck? Whoa! Uh, yeah, and not just that, but the sense of Vince McMahon's butt cheeks. 
Oh, the kiss my ass club. I don't miss those days. I screwed Bret Hart. Sean, don't make me screw you. Sean and Booker T are back in their locker room and they're getting ready to leave. They can't believe the doctor bought their excuse. Uh, Book's doing a jig. He's fresh out of the shower in nothing but his towel. But then, oh no, it's the boogeyman's gimmick. He hangs from the ceiling and laughs maniacally as Booker and Charmel sprint out of there right in front of Teddy Long. Busted. What? Quote unquote match number two is a beer drinking contest between John Bradshaw Layfield and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And <laughs> JBL's doing a jig coming out of his limo as well. So lots of jigs tonight. The ring is filled with a table full of beer. JBL says it's the moment NBC executives have been waiting for. JBU on Saturday Night's Main Event Maggle in the bowels of America. He calls Detroit's mayor a laughing stock and the crowd cheer for it. <laughs> that takes Sean back a bit, but he returns to his plan spiel about your local sports teams suck and your auto industry sucks. It's losing jobs to Japan and Mexico. Oh no, don't worry. When he beats Chris Benoit for the US title, this country will stop being hated and seen as a joke. Stone Cold! Stone Cold! He drives his pickup truck into the arena. Uh, Taz cites the context of this feud, saying that Austin did a list of all-time Texas greats on a WWE.com article, and he ignored JBL. How dare you? Jay Lawler had quite a decent line here. It's like, how can JBL challenge Austin? Austin, whose favourite beer is his next? Taz is making excuses for John already, and points out that he's got a broken left hand. <laughs> JBL just simply points out, well, JBL's a right-handed beer drinker. I watched him train just last night. Anyway, Austin says it's good to be here and he's thirsty. He hazes JBL initially until he says his name and then he realises he's in the ring. <laughs> it's quite funny actually. It's like, can you sneak up on me, kid? He shakes hands and asks why he challenged him. So JBL cites the article and the stuff that Taz said earlier. He says that it's just him and the Alamo that they talk about in Texas. And if his hand wasn't broken, he'd stomp a mud hole and walk it dry. Instead, he'll just beat Austin at his own game. Drinking beer like these common idiots. <laughs> John is literally turning red giving this promo. So Austin tried to calm him down and straighten his collar. Loved it. Austin reckons John's got a chance. Oh, you're a big fella. Why are you about 5'11"? <laughs> JBL's like, oh, Six, six and about a quarter. Six, six and about a quarter. Austin figured so he'd practice, so he runs through a little what style promo. He called room service. What? That's for two cases of beer. What? He drank them all. What? I started drinking at the bar. What? I drank 15 pictures. What? He grabs a beer, but JBL stops him. I make the rules. You want to break the system? You want to be Billy Bad Boy? One fan gets right on the hard camera flipping him a double bird as he says this is hilarious. John says he went to Canada to get the beer because you can't get the good stuff here. And King goes, oh yeah, that'll help the economy. 
Uh, JBL once again with his your local sports team sucks stuff here. <laughs> when he brings up Canada, he's like, "Where are they playing real hockey?" I'm sure they do, John. I'm sure they do. Uh, the rules, okay. Each man has 25 beers. They've got one minute to drink as many as possible, and they'll do it back to back. But Austin's a bit wary of turning his back on JBL, and he's getting a bit bored of his antics here. It's like, if you want me to drink this some bitch under the table, give me a hell yeah, hell yeah. But JBL is insistent on the rules. <laughs> this really dates it here. It's like. I ain't broke back mountain. I'm a real cowboy. Uh, JR goes, oh, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and Austin Sip goes, no comment. Uh, JBL, in justifying the time limit, says, I don't want to get tipsy. And Austin quips, so you're an official one minute man. And JBL goes off strict saying, you've been talking to my wife. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's taking a while though. <laughs> Biggest, like the longest segment on this show. It's your debut on NBC. You try to give people a sense of what the product's like now. And you've got two big, wrestling Texas guys drinking beer in the middle of the ring. Yeah, sure. Handily enough, JBL cues when they start off. So he sneaks a few sips before he says go. So, on the word go, Bradshaw starts just pouring the beer down his front instead of... You know, actually drinking it. King quips, JBL's already got a drinking problem. JR goes, Like a lot of longhorns, Bradshaw's taking a shortcut. Oh, I did not sound like JR. Like a lot of longhorns, Bradshaw's taking a shortcut. Austin gets suspicious at how quickly JBL calls out the drinks he's finished and turns around to bust him. Austin quips, Oh, for someone who's got such a big damn mouth, you should have missed it with that damn beer. JBL slings beer at Austin's face and hightails it. But from behind, it's the United States champion, Redacted. Sneaks up and throws Bradshaw back in the middle of the ring. Where Austin throws the pictures of beer over JBL. Oh, his suit gets soaked. Austin puts JBL's hat on, which gets a nice pop. Then, kick wham, stunner. Goodbye, son. Austin tries to resuscitate JBL at the end as well. Uh, this is a pretty funny segment. Bit long, really. It's, uh, just the hype, like one little mid-card match. And all the hype of the match came in the last 15 seconds. It's just not about the United States title at all. This is just about... It's all about getting Austin on Saturday night's main event on NBC because he's still an infinitely bigger star than what they've got in a minute. Backstage, Candice admires her Playboy cover and Victoria agrees that she looks hot. Match number three is a Divas tag team match. It's Candice, Michelle and Victoria face off against Mickey James and the WWE Women's Champion, Trish Stratus. We get a little recap of Mickey's obsessive behaviour over Trish. Her gimmick was that she's a big mark for Trish Stratus, adores her and stuff, but it started to get a bit stalkerish. She snogged her at Christmas and waited for her to get out of the shower. Uh, Jared informs us that Tori Wilson was initially Trish's partner, but she had a concussion and Mickey volunteered to step in. Mickey holds the ropes open for Trish, still playing friendly. Uh, Trish and Candy start. Uh, Candice does the Go Daddy dance, but Trish just starts brawling with her. A bit of a distraction with the referee allows Victoria to pull Trish's hair, and then Candy chokes Trish, first with the hands, then by standing on her over the bottom rope. Another cheap shot tactic by Victoria, gets a near fall. She tags in officially and hits a nice slingshot leg drop, gets another near fall. 
Front chancery on Trish, who tries to crawl to her partner. But another distraction with the referee, so he didn't see the tag. Oh, <laughs> referees are so stupid. Uh, the heels try to double suplex Trish, but she counters it with a double DDT. Oh, pretty nice. Victoria cheap shots Mickey off the apron before she can tag in. But Trish ducks a clothesline with the Matrish and hits the satisfaction for the three. So the winners are Trish Stratus and Mickey James. Really, really short match. Uh, the post-match stuff is the important stuff. After the victory, Mickey promises that she'll give Trish the time apart that she wanted. And she just wanted to say goodbye in the right way. They shake hands, but Mickey kisses Trish on the cheek. Trish pulls away, so Mickey tries to hug her and gets thrown off again. So she blasts Trish with a chick kick. Maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. Do you love me now? The imitation continues as Mickey hits the stratisfaction. King with a line here. Mickey James doesn't get even. She gets hard. Uh, yeah, this match was essentially all just about the angle. Mickey never got officially in the match. Move on. Commercial break time. And action. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Again, please. Again? Again. Art thou bored? Yeah. Step into a Slim Jim. <laughs> Turn to the spice. <laughs> that baby juicy taste. Step into a slim gym. After commercial, they show clips of a post-match interview with Mickey James. She loved Trish and she broke her heart. Again, she asks her the question, Do you love me now, Trish Stratus? Well, no. <laughs> she just hit me. Uh, another rundown of the WrestleMania card. As it's announced that Teddy Long has added Booker T versus Boogeyman following his little antics tonight. Rubbish generic music hits as Mark Henry comes out. This is sadly just before the, uh, what was it called now? Brutal incident, uh, lethal injection, uh, what, whatever the WWE music CD that Mark Henry's awesome music came from. It's like, somebody go get the ass kicked, somebody go get the wig split. Yeah. Uh, JR tells us Henry can deadlift 903 pounds. Blimey. That's like two Mark Henry's. They show clips of him costing The Undertaker the World Heavyweight title and splashing him through the announce table. Quite a vicious spot. His manager, Davari, is out with him and says Henry's not afraid of undefeated streaks, caskets, or The Undertaker. Henry then claims The Undertaker is scared of him and he'll beat The Undertaker at his own game. I will shove you into that coffin if it's the last bong. The Undertaker comes out. Uh, his druids bring out a casket before the Undertaker himself arrives. Now, the casket is a double wide one to fit Henry's girth, bulk, well, whatever you want to call it. And JR draws comparisons to the one that Taker made Yokozuna. Come on, Jim, he's not that fat. I know that was your gimmick back in 99, ragging on Henry to lose weight and stuff on the Ross report, but he, he, he's pretty fat. He's not Yoko fat, come on. Henry just lets the Undertaker get in the ring and does his usual disrobing stick. Just, it's a fight! Blindside him! Come on! You're the one that called him out. Blast him one, you know. Finally, the slugfest is on. Uh, Taker punches Henry all the way to the corner and actually manages to whip him, but he gets pancaked. Davari tells him to whip the Undertaker into the steel steps, 
But the Undertaker counters, and Henry clatters right into them. Then gets big booted over the barricade. Gravity-defying spot here. Taker taps Henry's face with his boot. <laughs> the entirety of Henry's body follows over the barricade. Like, yeah, sure. Guzo Odavari and the choke slam on the casket. It's followed by a tombstone on the casket. Yeah, see you, Davari. I think it's a bit shitty of him to not give Davari a WrestleMania payday. This wrote him out. He didn't come out with Henry to WrestleMania. Maybe it's like punishment for being involved with Mohammed Hassan and stuff. But why bring him back anyway? Anyway, Taker sticks his tongue out and does his pose to celebrate. Yeah, this is all just about writing Davari out of a match so it looks like a fair match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Alright, it's time for the main event. In a street fight, it's Shawn Michaels versus Shane McMahon with Mr. McMahon and his ass. That's a nice looking ass. Mr. McMahon and his ass. I'm gonna make my ass do tricks. Watch this. And his ass, and his ass. Go ahead, kiss my ass. Uh, Shane does his little jig on the ramp and Michaels runs down the ramp and brawls with him. Just, I guess the moral from that here is do not do a jig in wrestling. Oh, Booker T did a jig and he got busted by the boogeyman. JBL got a, uh, JBL did a jig and got covered in beer and Shane McMahon did a jig and he got jumped by Shawn Michaels. No jigs in wrestling. Shane gets whipped in the barricade, uh, punched down. Uh, then whacked with a chair in the back. Ouch. Shane comes back, throwing Shawn Michaels face first into the post as he tries to set up a table. Shane then gives Vince another table to set up and finds a ladder. I wonder where this is going. A couple of power slams into the post by Shane. He sets up the ladder in the ring as Vince McMahon drapes Shawn over the pair of tables. Shawn fights off, climbs the ladder from the apron side. Quite an innovative use of the ladder here. You wouldn't, well, you shouldn't get this spot in a typical ladder match because there's no way you're going to climb and get the title with the ladder in that position. Uh, yeah, HBK climbs the ladder from the apron side and meets Shane at the top to superplex him to the tables on the outside. Holy shit, that's a great spot. JR with the call, a king size superplex. Vince is aghast. Like, Give him some help, damn it. As we cut to commercial. Yeah, that's the way it goes here. John, John, John. July 23, Raw starts one hour earlier. Tell all the boys, Raw starts at 8. Got it? Back with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everybody needs to bring a date. Who says I need to lose weight? They say we're supposed to hydrate. I think he said meet us at the gate. Who you calling the cheapskate? I have to bake a cake. What kind of cake? Ooh, cake. Oh, I don't want to go to Kuwait. Hey, boss, got your message. It's kind of easier to check your prostate. The biggest night on TV is getting bigger. Raw is now three hours every Monday at 8, starting July 23rd on USA Characters Welcome. Do any of you know where the arena is? Back from the break, both Sean and HBK are spaghetti-legged back inside the ring, and Sean collapses after punching Shane. During the break, King informs us that Vince ordered the paramedics to ignore Sean and only help Shane. Uh, and Vince, with his words of encouragement outside, like, Come on, Shane! You're a McMahon! HBK, moving the furniture again, sets the ladder in the corner and climbs it, but Vince hits him with the tamest, tamest little kendo stick shot. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Sean was a bit too high up the ladder for it to really have the effect he wanted, I think. 
Uh, Shane drops a ladder into Sean's back twice and then rams it right into his face. And we then get a massive surfboard rest hold. JR points out Sean's history of back injuries. This is why JR's so good. Just a little time... This surfboard was just a little time saver thing here. But he brings it back to give it some purpose by outing Sean's back injury. So it makes sense. Uh, however, it did last about two fucking minutes. Two minutes too long. It did not need to be that long. It's, it's going to be a short match, lads. You don't need that big a rest. Uh, Michaels finally reverses the pressure on Shane. and takes a swing at Vince when he gets on the apron. This just allows Shane to hit a DDT, which gets a near fall. Shane finds a chair. Vince quips, Val do it! Val do it! Whacks Sean right between the eyes with the chair. Ooh. Yeah, chair shots in the head. Look a bit dodgy looking back now. They do sound great though. Especially if a guy gets a hand up and just like kind of swats the chair as it comes towards him. He drags Sean to the corner and Vince tosses him a trash can. Vince holds a can against Sean's head. And Shane sets up for the coast-to-coast van Terminator dropkick thingy. But Sean moved at the last second and the can gets kicked into Vince's head. The slugfest is on as Sean hits a flying forearm. Nip up. Reverse power drive. Nicely done. Elbow drop. Tune up the band. JR quips. It'll be a Motown sound for Shawn Michaels as the band tunes up. Sweet chin music. One, two... Oh, Vince pulls the referee out. So Sean brings him in the ring. But that allows Shane to sneak in a low blow. And oh dear God, here we fucking go. Shane applies a sharpshooter and Vince McMahon orders the bell for the 65th billionth recreation of the Montreal Screwjob. He orders Lillian to declare Shane the winner by submission. Fucking boo. <laughs> JR again, <laughs> the cell of the century here. Michaels has been castrated of his dignity. So the winner, quote unquote, by submission is Shane McMahon. This match essentially is boiled down to two massive spots. Very impressive spots. So the superplex to the outside and the botched coast to coast that wound up in Vince's face. Uh, and then we had to get the sudden screw job finish. Yay. It was pretty entertaining for what it was. Other than that eternal surfboard in the middle of a match. See you at WrestleMania then, I guess. So, that covers it all. Uh, overall thoughts on this show? You're not really missing much anyway. This little return run of Saturday Night's main event didn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Didn't do all that impressive ratings other than a couple of the summer episodes. It was all just basically rudimentary WrestleMania build. Not much here screamed must-see TV was however an extra on the Wrestlemania 22 DVD set it's kind of worth watching for the one-off I guess if you got to watch Wrestlemania 22 maybe you can watch this as well beforehand get hyped up for it and everything but other than that it didn't really mean all that much in the grand scheme of things okay that about wraps it up then I hope you've enjoyed yourself remember continue to stick to ayatollahrockandroller.blogspot.com for more stick and twist reviews and music and stuff and things like that. Look out in the near future as well for the debut episode of Then Now Whatever, the wrestling podcast. Uh, we'll probably be covering a lot of the Royal Rumble or Fastlane, depending on what happens and when we get it done. Okay, good night, folks.